Welcome to the club. This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. Leverage is what you're going to need to succeed in today's music business. They're not going to take a baby band with a lot of talent or a baby artist and turn them into a superstar. You're going to have to come to the table with something more, with some momentum. You have to be farther along on your artistic journey and your marketing journey with a brand and some movement that is tangible. That's why we called this podcast The Climb, C-L-I-M-B, Creating Leverage in the Music Business. That's a Baxter name. You're going to hear another one today Mm -hmm. from my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you can write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then on the regular, for the the, the, the pros that are competing here, he gets you in front of the pros. You get a regular opportunity to, to create some relationships with people that can change your world. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. It's complicated, but Johnny is smart. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production, singular, no S, and there's no S because there is no other Johnny D. What's happening, brother? How are you? Same thing that was happening last time, sitting at the house. <laughs> what uh, what do we learn today? <laughs> All right. Well, today, basically, I got a couple of questions to ask you. Right now, climbers, are you feeling kind of you know, stretched too thin, busy but not productive? You feel like your time is being hijacked. Do we feel like a lot of life is happening to us right now because like people are like, stay at home. Don't do the stuff you normally do, right? A lot of life seems to be happening to us. How do we take some of that control back and... And do the things that matter. And I suggest we do this by keeping score. And it is a Baxter name. And we're going to talk about what it means. All right. Well, before we do that, let's take care of a little business here. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, digital world out there, but still, there's an important role for physical media for today's independent musician. And once they lift up the quarantine bands here, we're going to be able to get out and do live shows. With the digital royalty payments being so small right now, selling products like CD, vinyl, T-shirts and gigs and stuff has become a very important income generator. These are the things that are going to get you to the next town and get you to eat Right. (laughs) That's right. And that's the thing. I mean, when you get back on the road and that will happen again, we will have live shows again. You're going to want to maximize that opportunity. People have been like, I've been dying to get out of the house. Right. You want to maximize that earning potential. And it takes about 3000 streams to equal the money in your pocket of selling one CD off your merch table. 3000 streams equal sell one CD. So if you don't have them yet, now's the perfect time to get them and get them ready to go. So when you go out on the road again, you have merch on the table. So I believe you are literally, well, not literally, you're figuratively leaving money on the table when you don't have merch on the table. Thankfully, our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your disc and other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even t-shirts. And you can find them 
online at discmakers.com, D-I-S-C makers.com, or give them a call at 800-468-9353. That's 800-468-9353. It's awesome. If you haven't joined the climb community yet, please do so. This is a Facebook community that is thriving. Lots of activity, lots of content on a daily basis. People helping each other, asking questions, getting answers. And uh, Brent and I are just super proud of it. Um, it's, it's, it's taken on a life of its own, to be sure. Come find us at the Fine Climb Community. You, you have to ask to be let in, but we let everybody in and just be good boys and girls. Don't just start posting willy-nilly before you know the rules. There's not that many. That's right. But, you know, don't break them. Or if you do, it'll be at your own paddle. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> if you will. But anything happening in the climb community this week? Oh, man, let me look it up here. So every week we do, uh, you know, we have consistency, right? So every week we, on Wednesday we have our or new heights post where everyone gets to hop on there and post whatever their win is. I mean, somebody posted like somebody said they liked one of my songs. Hey, start where you are, you know, and other people are, you know, getting love that sync placements or Bill O'Hanlon just uh, texted me the other day and was like, Hey man, I got my first sync placement, something on MTV. And he was super pumped a song. His called dreams come true. And was super pumped that, you know, he got his first sync placement and he sent me a little video clip of his song. And, and so stuff is happening for people. They're, they're posting on their, they're sharing good stuff is happening and so especially right now community is so important so just uh, offer that up to you the climb community to go in there and get to know some people and like-minded folks i mean if you're tired of talking to your kids because they don't really care what the chord progression is on that song on the radio come talk to us we care <laughs> do you see how i use the mixolydian mode son on that it was brilliant like dad can, can we just go watch cartoons dad, I okay <laughs> All right, hey, and uh, subscribe to the podcast wherever you consume your podcast, so you get every episode in order, and you can pick and choose, and and have plenty of content to consume uh, during those insomnia nights that I get once a month, and. Leave a rating and review, an honest one. We hope it's a five-star, mm-hmm. but we're trying to get to 200 here. So help us out. It takes 30 seconds. And finally, tell a friend about it. If there is content here that's, that's given you an aha moment, an epiphany that's made you rethink your approach and you've seen the needle move, then by all means, please share that with a friend because that is the most valuable tribute you could give to Brent and I because we're here because we want to help you win, right? That's right. We do. All right, so I want to score. All right, but, yes. <laughs> dude, like most guys score. Dude, dude, <laughs> shut up. They score. Anyway, okay, so I was uh, last night, I was just, you know, pulling some stuff together, going, what, am I, what do I want to talk about in today's podcast? And I was looking at my bookshelf behind me, and I have this book called Essentialism by Greg McEwen. Essentialism by Greg McEwen. I had that book. M-C-K-E-O-W-N. And so I was looking through that. I like that book. I was looking through some of my highlights and stuff, and... And the thing about essentialism is the essentialist is on the relentless pursuit of less but better. So it's not about getting more done in less time. It's about putting first things first and getting the right things done. It's about eliminating the non-essential many and focusing on the essential few tasks that will build your career. And so I was I was thinking about that and you know what are my essential few things for my songwriting for my songwriting pro business and and this stuff and my life in general and I was looking at my on my board and dad gum if after a little bit of fiddling a, a Baxter name didn't hit me a brand new one. Maybe other people has have this one already, but to me, it was new. And I want to share it with you all today. I think for me, this is my essential areas. And I want to talk about how I how I track them because what gets measured gets managed, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't keep up with it, 
you don't keep up with it. It's what I find out. Like if I don't mark it down, have it on my calendar, it doesn't happen. It doesn't exist. I don't know if I'm doing well or not doing well. These are five areas that are essential for me. I track these on a wall calendar. And so again, if, if I see it consistently, I get it, I know if I'm marking it off, that means I'm doing well. If, so what I do is I have this big wall calendar, and it's got the whole year at a glance. I've talked about this before on the climb, January 1 through December 31st. And then I have these different color highlighters or markers. I have one color for each of these things. And at the end of the day, or as soon as I get accomplished that thing, I go, and it's with a sense of satisfaction, <laughs> I draw a line on that day. And if the day is really rocking, I'll have five different color lines on that day. And it's something I can just look right over from my desk here and and see. And I can see from January 1 to today is the 8th or so of, of April. I can see how I'm doing on all those things just at a glance and go, oh, man, there's not a whole lot of green on this. I need to go do that one. Or, oh, man, I'm woefully low on orange. I don't see much orange on there. I got to get back on the ball. So that's how I do these things. And these are areas that if you skip them like one day, you're not really going to notice it. It's kind of like I ate a hamburger one day. I didn't really notice it. I skipped my salad. I ate a hamburger. didn't really notice it that day. Maybe had a little indigestion or whatever. But if you do that consistently, you're going to be way overweight and feeling terrible, right? And so it's these things that aren't, you know, because the urgent yeah. stuff gets gets managed. It's it's screaming at you. It's hard to ignore that, you know? Who is like, I forgot to use the bathroom today. No, it makes itself urgent eventually, right? And it gets managed. This is the other stuff that's more like your vitamins, not painkillers. It's stuff that if you don't take care of it, it's you will notice that one day it will become an emergency. One day you will have a heart attack if you skip your salads for cheeseburgers and pizza. Won't notice it on day one, but one of these days, you're going to have a heart attack. And I'm trying to avoid that in these areas. So you want to know what SCORE stands for? I do. Tell me. You do. I hope so. Okay. Spirit. So the S is for spirit. The C is for creativity. The O is for only. So I'll explain that one. The R is for relationships and the E is for energy. So these are my core areas. And this is beyond just my business stuff. This is life. Like Because any of these fall apart, the whole thing kind of falls apart. Mm-hmm. And so these are the five core activities. So I was, we'll just take them one at a time. And I want you to think about how you can apply this to your life, what this looks like for you. So spirit, I'll make songwriting an idol if left to my own devices. Like I'll neglect my wife and my kids out of both love of writing and fear that I can't feed them if I don't work more and more and more and more hours. I love writing, but I love them and I want to feed them. And so both those things drive me to work more, which will neglect them. Not good. So I need a steady infusion of like truth in my life. And I also will get depressed, right? I'll get down on stuff if nobody's cut a song of mine in a while or starting to feel futile or I'm just not getting the listens I want to get. All that stuff we all deal with, right? I don't, I'm not loving my songs lately. I need an infusion of truth and stuff that lifts me up. And basically what it comes down to for me is I need a savior because I'm small. I'm scared. I'm greedy. I'm selfish, I'm lazy, and I'm arrogant if left to my own devices. I'm all the bad things, right? So for me, the spirit stuff is working on me as a person, making me run better. My spiritual activities might be like Bible study, prayer, going to church, teaching Awana, going to a small group, which we're doing those online right now, uh, that kind of stuff. If I do that kind of stuff in, in the course of a day, I'm marking it off my calendars. It gets, you know, it gets the red mark for spirit on that day. If you're not a religious person, you can look at it like, how do you keep your spirits up? How do you work on you? Growth, right? How do you get in shape as a, as a human? 
so how do you stay inspired? How do you stay happy? How do you stay joyful? How do you stay peaceful? That kind of stuff. Like, what is that for you? What lifts your spirits and keeps you in good spirits? Because you're not being very creative if you're totally depressed. And you're not going to be a good daddy if you're totally depressed. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And you disappear in your cave for a couple of days. Each of these affect the other things. So spirit's the first one. Ready for the next one? I'm ready. I love that. All right. All right. So creativity. It's easy for me for the songwriting pro stuff or other stuff to take over my creative time because I got five kids at the house right now. Nobody's in school. And I can get more props right now from Emily if I just go knock off and go take Hazel on a walk to get her out of the house or whatever. And then if I'm up here working on a song, that gets immediate returns on that investment, right? Because your wife is like, thank you. (laughs) You know, it's so nice to be able to go take a shower and not have Hazel in there emptying all the bathroom drawers. You know, while you're doing that kind of thing, you know, that kind of <laughs> thing. Run around with the toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Precious toilet paper. I know. Yeah. yeah thank, <laughs> yes. So that kind of stuff. Like, I'm dumping all mommy's makeup out. So the creativity and the songwriting pro stuff is an important part of feeding my family. And so that can be more urgent sometimes than the writing stuff. So I have to protect my creative time. So for me, creative activities include when I do my personal song title challenge. Yeah, I've been slacking off on that a little bit. I've been just more co-writes, but I hadn't been doing my, my personal song title challenge because then it only feels like I'm letting myself down, you know, and it's hard to keep myself accountable. Mm-hmm. I've been kind of slacking off for it. And, and yesterday I was like, I got to do it. I got to go. I'm, I pulled it back up because it's hard. You know, if I'd already was way fired up about those titles, I would have written them already. That's why they've been sitting there for 10 years. Yeah. It's because I wasn't super excited about them. So you're kind of starting from a place of not being super inspired. Now, I did the thing. I listened to I listened to some new music out that I dig. Like, oh, there's some good stuff, you know, of other people's music. Kind of starting to feel inspired. And I looked through the list and... I was like, okay, I got these 20 to choose from. I'll pick this one. I'm not sure. But then you knock over that lead domino. You just say, I'm going to work on this one. And boom, some ideas started coming. I was like, yeah, yeah. But, the, you know, so I worked on that until I had to go downstairs. And I had kind of a draft of some lyric stuff. And that was going to come up to last night and put the lyric in my notebook. Because, you know, I work on the laptop. If I get something like that's a section of lyric, I'll go put it in a notebook because that's just another way of tracking and keeping up with everything. Kind of old school that way. I'm going to go write it in the notebook. And as I did, I was like, I need to work on that third line. And that leads me to work on the fourth line. And so that set up for like an hour rewriting this thing and getting really excited about it. Like, this is really cool. I don't know if it's something that someone to cut or what. Who knows that? But it fed me. It was very fulfilling artistically. And it's something I'll probably throw out in a co-write to see if somebody bites on it. But I, I worked like a whole draft lyric of it and worked on it for a while. So that thing of like, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not really feeling this. I look at these titles. The first time I read through them, was like... I don't know. But if you told me, like, you're going to spend, like, two hours on this today, and you'll be really happy you did, I couldn't see that at the beginning. I just had to go in with faith that but something was going to show up. Afterwards, I was like, so glad I did that. Yeah. 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 It's like you have the powers of God over your own creativity to take a dead piece of lettuce, <laughs> a dead, dried piece of lettuce, and you just touch it with 15 minutes of your time, and it comes back to brand new, healthy, crisp, ready to be Put on a sandwich. Sandwich, you know? yeah, not a salad, a sandwich. Something I really enjoy. <laughs> yeah. But it, yeah, so I was like, oh, so glad I did that. And I'm always so glad I did it. Even if I don't get something I love, but just knowing that I'm working on the craft, I'm keeping the machinery up. So for me, creative stuff will be my personal song title challenge. It'd be co-writing. It'd be solo writing. Or maybe even other creative writing. Something I've been trying to enjoy is keep a poet's eye out for the world around me and then go write not a poem so much as just almost kind of poetic thoughts. There's a book I ordered recently off Amazon called uh, The Wheeling Year from Ted Kuser. He's 
my only poet. He's my favorite one. He's my only one. His musings on a daily basis that would be like the start of what would eventually shape into a poem. So it's, it's like a short little paragraph. His stuff doesn't really rhyme anyway, but it's it's not in a poem form, form, but it was really super cool, like these observational things. I was like, I want to do some of that. That way I don't have to feel like I have to wordsmith it where it's killer, but yeah. I'm kind of journaling it. I've been doing some of that lately. It's been really fun. So for me, that counts. It's keeping that eye open. It's keeping the antenna up, keeping the words coming, that kind of stuff. That is like one of the main exercises that I remember from The Artist's Way, the book. Sheila Davis, yeah. Yeah, where you got to write. Oh, no, Brenda. Was it Brenda Uland? The artist was. It's not Sheila Davis. Uh, no, no, Julia Cameron. Julia Cameron. Okay. Sheila Davis was a uh, craft lyric writer. Craft, yeah. But on a daily basis, right, for at least a half an hour, you mm-hmm. got to write. You just have to write something. Yeah. And so here you're finding different ways to write to just keep the pen moving, to keep the pipeline open. And the more that you do that, in the, in the book, what they were saying is the more that you do that, the less you begin to censor. And it just sort of opens up that pathway, like sort of right from your heart to your pen. And you're not running it through any kind of censorship mode that we all do. And then go back after you've sort of exercised, you know, like an exorcism, you know, like after you've you know, <laughs> yeah. after downloaded all that, that emotion, then you kind of go back and start to piece together and do the censoring mm-hmm. what fits and what doesn't fit. But I love that, man. That's really, that's really important. I'll just read you one. It's fun because my mom has been kind of into writing poetry. So I'll, I'll do some of these and I'll text them to her. This stuff is maybe not appropriate to ever be a song, but it's still putting words together and finding moments. It's just good for the soul. So this one's called Juicer. I sit before my notebook, carving up chunks of life, the wise apples of lessons learned, the tart grapefruit of what could have been, the sweet oranges of a lover's kiss, and a few red strawberries of imagination. I free as much truth as I can from the peels of pretentiousness and cliché, from the cores of fear and doubt. Then I drop them in, one by one, hoping that what started out as a refrigerator crisper full of softening and browning years can be rendered into a smooth, delicious, and nutritious refreshment to both writer and reader alike. You know, and just nice. it's like play. Like this is play. Like going to oh yeah, because I was thinking about how writers, you know, we're, it's like throwing stuff in a juicer. We take all these chunks of life and we try to distill them down into something that's enjoyable and nutritious. You know, yeah. And I'm just thinking about that, and it's like I'm not going to write a song about that. But it was an interesting thought. I'm like I'm going to write this like poem prose. Yeah. And and that just keeps my mind active and enjoying. And it's nice to get away from like I don't have to worry about that making money. <laughs> so, but it, it's that creative part of that life. It's sharpening the sword. So song studies can fall into that category. Studying songs, that's part of my song title challenge. I'll start off listening to a song that I dig, like a new one, and writing out the lyric of it. I have a notebook where I do that. And that just kind of getting the wheels turning, exposing myself to new good work, seeing what other people are doing. And then I'll go write my own thing. So that's creativity. you got spirit and creativity. And then O is for only. And also... If I'm not doing my creative stuff, I get down in my spirit, too. Yeah. I'm not hitting on all cylinders because this is how I was made to be. And so it's not working well if I don't give attention to that. So I'll put it on my freaking calendar because I'm like, why am I in such a funk? Oh, you know what? I haven't written in like a week. I'm not right when I don't write. And so putting it on the calendar every day, I see that green line or I don't see that green line. I can never go back and get it once that day is gone. It motivates me to go get that green line before the day's over because I can never have it back. And you don't feel that way on a normal day if you don't mark it down. So what gets measured gets managed. So the O is for only. So who am I the only for? I am my wife's only husband. 
I'm my kid's only dad. I'm my parents' only son, and I'm my sister's only brother. So these relationships are like the core, the most important relationships, the one where no one else can replace what only I can bring. So I try to be mindful of maintaining them well. My wife's stuff is really the only one that I mark on the calendar because with five kids, it's easy to neglect dates, gifts, because I'm not a natural gift giver. I'll be honest about that, but that matters to her. Alone time, that kind of stuff. So sorry, honey. But yeah, that's one of those things like I got to measure this because otherwise it's so easy just in the craziness of life to, you know, you chase around the kid. Like I'm going to have time with my kids because I'm going to be changing Hazel's diaper and giving her a bath after she blows out in the morning. So that's quality time. And I'm going to, you know, the kids are going to come after me, you know, daddy, look at this side of Drew and that kind of stuff. You're going to have some time with your kids. Time with Emily, that's that's the stuff that doesn't happen as naturally, as easily, and just in our season of life. So it's like, that is a core relationship. If that doesn't do well, none of this other stuff's going to do well either, you know, because it's going to cause conflict. There's going to be drama. There's going to be friction, all that stuff. It's like, it is a core thing. If that blows up, everything else gets shrapnel in it. Also for the kids too, but my wife's stuff, that's the stuff that I'll, I'll mark on the calendar because that just keeps me reminded like, okay, did we have, did we have a date? Even if we just send the kids outside and we sit inside, have a coffee, yeah. you know, that kind Where of stuff. Connect. Trying to be mindful of that. Connect, Reconnect. Right, Reconnect. And have a real moment, which can be really hard, even though you're like, we're not leaving the house, but neither are the kids. And Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Still working. So there's that. So the only. So who are you the only for? The only spouse, the only parent, that kind of stuff. The only mom, the only dad, the only brother, the only sister. Like those are the core relationships. And, you know, I've been trying to do a lot more phone calls to my parents, to my sister. So I'm actually going to be recording a podcast episode with my sister. Coming up on her podcast, she's trying to kick one off. So that's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun. So that's the O. That's all tracking so far. These are the things that uh, like the core buckets, I guess. 
the cylinders, right? The score, the score bucket. The score, right, exactly. <laughs> so, all right, you ready for the next one? The R? Yeah. So we got S-C-O-R. R is for relationships. So these are the other relationships. So I try to be re- intentional with my relationships outside the only relationships, too. So for me to market on the calendar, I have to connect with at least 10 people. Now, they don't all have to be, like, in the music business or anything like that. Some are old friends in different towns and that kind of stuff. Uh, these activities include texting. Emails, song pitches, that kind of stuff. I do not count social media as connecting to people, reaching out to people in the climb community, that kind of stuff. I could easily cheat and go, oh, yeah, well, you know, people posted on this social media post that I put, so that's connecting. No, I don't count that. That doesn't count. I'm talking like, I got to have your phone number or your email address, that kind of thing for it to count. So it's closer relationships. I either got to hit 10 if I'm going to put my my black mark on the calendar, or I got to have like one deep dive, which would be like a Mm co-write. Because if I'm writing with you, then we're sitting down virtually right now in a room for a couple hours, and we're getting to know each other, and we're spending a lot of time together. That counts. That's like a deep dive. Or if we do like a Know the Pro event or a hang event for songwriting pro member area, then we're spending at least 30 minutes or an hour with FaceTime, talking, asking questions. That kind of stuff it may not be a personal conversation, but still, I'm getting a lot of FaceTime and with you and you with me. So that account, I'm trying to be mindful of those because I've noticed that, you know, and again, I split time between Tennessee and Missouri, and I'm mostly in Missouri. You're not going to run into people on Demumbrian when you're out at lunch or whatever. It's like, so I've had to start going, I got to be intentional about keeping relationships going. Just keep my name out there and checking in with people and all this stuff because you don't bounce into them at word curb while you're riding out in the lobby or whatever, which is serving me well now because everybody's, you know, shut up. I'm like, that's all right. I'm already used to this. <laughs> you know, during this time, people need encouragement. I'm going to try and text five people a day or something and just let them know I'm praying for them. <laughs> yeah, pray, right. Actually pray for them, but just reach out and let them know. I'm thinking about them. It could be that or song pitches or just that kind of stuff. And just being mindful of that. And I'll see it on my board. Am I, am I connecting to people? You know, I text an old neighbor of mine yesterday from the last place we lived. I haven't seen them much. Just say, hey, just thinking about you and your family. There's no ulterior motive there. They're not at all in the business, but those are important too. Yeah, outside of just business stuff. But yeah, I mean, that pays dividends just because you just connect with people more. But again, I don't count social media. It's like a phone, an email, a call, or like an online event kind of thing. That makes sense? Yeah. And just like the creative muscle, it's a muscle that you got to flex to keep it strong, I think. Yeah. Again, you know, my situation, five kids and a wife, and, and I'm, I'm busting in. It's so easy to, unless it's a co-write or something that is on the calendar, it's right now, it's going on right now. It's easy to neglect those things. And then partly business-wise, then those people may not have thought about you for a year. Yeah. Because your name never came across or whatever. Maybe you live in a different town or maybe they're just in a different part of the business that you don't touch a whole lot. But this is just kind of holding me accountable. You know, I try to keep it a low bar like, OK, it's 10, but it's that's not a huge number, really. I can get those most days because I'll email a publisher about something or a co-writer about a, hey, when do you want to get together and write? Or, hey, I, I like that mix on that demo or whatever it might be. Or just texting people going, hey, just thinking about you. Hope you're doing well. And not asking for anything. And I don't need a reason to reach out to him for that stuff. Yeah, I don't have to manufacture a reason to reach out to this person that's an engineer, a music engineer that I'm not doing a record, but it'd be nice to just reconnect. And stuff happens from that. Especially right now, everybody's going to answer that email. Yeah. 
That's one thing I noticed the other day is I was doing some of that, and it's all genuine stuff. It's just like these people are on my phone because I have some sort of connection with them. You know, I'm not trying to work it, but there's a buddy of mine I've known for years, but we don't chat very much because he's on the road. He's an artist. Well, he ain't on the road right now. And so I text him something the other day, or might have just been, hey, just thinking about you and your family. Hope you're safe and well and stuff. And he texts right back, and we had uh, several texts back and forth conversation <laughs> because he's at the house. And normally he's on the road. He's probably happy to have someone to chat with kind of thing. And I've noticed I've gotten more listens for my pitches, my online pitches, and more returns for emails and, and texts and stuff because people are a little more available right now. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, take advantage of that. And I wasn't asking him for anything. I was just checking in, and we'd have a little chat about something, and that's it. So it's not a mercenary thing. It's just keeping up with folks. And, and stuff has come in from that because then you're a little more top of mind, right? It's the Coca-Cola strategy. When they're thirsty, I want them to think of Coke. <laughs> That's what Coke wants. Yeah. When something does pop up, they're be a little more likely to think of me if there's an opportunity or something. And sure enough, it has led to some stuff. A lot of it may not, but that's fine because you just have a little bit more of a relationship with those people. And that's a good thing. They know you care. They see your name. That's an important thing for me. That gets a line on the calendar. So that's something I try to be mindful of at least every work day. Weekends and stuff. I'm not. I don't. I don't track it. But and I also have a notebook. I have a little like spiral bound journal that uh, I started keeping in November, and I will write down the name of every person I connect with through that means, through a pitch, through a text, through an email. Like if they're you know someone that I know. Oh, that's good because now now you're bringing it in another way, so you're going to remember it easier. Yeah, so it's going to be closer to your heart. Yeah, I think it'd just be kind of interesting to look back sometime and go, "Oh yeah, man, I can see on this date, I blah blah blah, all these names of people." Or it's just another way of being accountable, writing the name down, making sure I got my ten, and that's how I keep up with whether or not I have my ten, and then I go put the mark on the board. Yeah. So it's just what gets measured gets managed. If you track it, if you mark it on the calendar. And that calendar means a lot more to me because it's on my wall and I see it every day. Yep. I can't forget about it. I look at it every time I walk out my door and I look at it every time I look left in my office. And once a day is gone, I can't mark on that day. You know, if I didn't do it, I can never go back and get it. And it's going to tick me off every time I look at that calendar. But it's encouraging me to do something that's good for me and good for those around me. It's going to be a catalyst for consistency. Yes, exactly. In the things you need to be consistent about. <laughs> exactly. Because, again, you may not notice it on day one. But if I go a year without reaching out to these people, I may not know what's wrong, but something's going to be wrong. Like, it, it does affect these other things. You know, the relationships I've had, co-write opportunities come from that or just other things that have come from it that that was the expectation or like, oh, Maybe if I work it, then this thing will happen and, and they'll invite me in on this thing. No, you don't know that. But that stuff probably wouldn't have happened if I hadn't stayed somewhat in contact and at least been relevant for the past seven, eight months or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it does come back around, which works with my creativity, right? Because it may give me more opportunities for co-writes, for pitches, that kind of stuff. So there's help for that. But also spirit, just keep it in touch with people. It's like, it makes you feel good. And they're loose ties, a lot of them. Again, they're not the only relationships that I'm the only for, but it also it helps you feel more connected, especially if you're outside of town. If you don't see those people all day, every day, it helps you feel a little bit more connected, mm -hmm. which is good for my spirit too. Yeah. So. I love that. So that's relationships. So we got one more. So we got S-C-O-R-E. What's the E? Energy. 
Going back to essentialism, they talk about the best asset we have for making a contribution to the world. Because essentialism is basically making your highest contribution, right? How do we do that? You do it by eliminating the unimportant many and focusing on the important few things. So the best asset we have for making a contribution to the world is ourselves. So we have to take care of ourselves. So that's why I call it energy. So it has to do with sleep, hydration, the food I put in my body exercise, all that stuff. It gives me energy to be my best for my brain to work. So I hopefully don't have brain fog. So you know how that thing, like you get a, probably after your nights of insomnia, Johnny, you said you have a monthly Mm -hmm. night of insomnia. Yep. If you're like me, if I have a night where I don't sleep well, what is my diet like the next day? What kind of stuff do I eat? I eat the crappiest junk food I can get my hands on. Like if I don't sleep well, I want to eat crap all day long. I want to eat junk food. Is there a cookie in the oh, house? I never noticed that. I, I think I probably do that too. Yeah. Uh, I think it's natural. <laughs> I've heard that part of it is you get sugary foods and you kind of crave that because your body wants you to sugar crash or you go get some sleep. Oh. I've heard that is your body trying to trick you into going to sleep. You did not sleep well. You need to go get some sleep. Hey, I really want some donuts. And that's going to sugar high and then crash and you're going to fall asleep. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I don't know if that's true or not, but it makes sense. You're like, why do I want so much junk food? crap food when I don't, it's weird when I don't sleep well, when I'm tired. So my body's reacting in a not healthy way. So sleep, I think is, it's like an all natural brain upgrade. One of the most common ways, and this is from essentialism, one of the most common ways that people, especially ambitious, successful people damage their asset, which is them, is through lack of sleep. Wow. Yeah. And so again, I want to eat crap. My brain's foggy. I'm just not my best self, right? I'm less likely to go exercise, and I'd spend more time kind of staring off into space at the desk sure. than I do being engaged. Sleep is a big part of it, so I've been trying to—I've got a sleep mask. I need to get a new one because I finally wore it out just by tossing and turning with it. But I've got a sleep mask because my wife likes to have some lights on in the house because she's scared of life. <laughs> So we have lamps on and stuff. I'm like, well, I've been listening to you know, sleep better. You sleep better in darkness. So let me try this goofy little mask on. And I think it helps, especially first thing in the morning when the sun starts coming up. There's that. I'm trying to be more mindful of that kind of stuff of what affects your sleep and trying to get the most out of it. And there's so many resources on that stuff. I mean, they talk about stuff like kind of like the blue blocker, you know, the blue light that comes from your screens, your phone, your TV, whatever. Your mind sees that as daylight. There's a, a blue light in that light that says, oh, it's daytime, it's daytime, it's not nighttime yet. Well, there are apps and different things you can do that put a kind of a blue blocker on it. It filters that light out so your brain can start going, start going. oh, it's not nighttime, it's not daytime anymore, it's nighttime, it's time to get ready for bed. So you can be on sleep schedules and st- still work. You can, yeah, your brain can be like, okay, I'm going to get ready to go, and you'll go to sleep easier. Because it's not like, oh, the sun just fell out of the sky. <laughs> you know, now I'm supposed to go to sleep. I thought it was just daylight a second ago. Your brain's more ready to go and like, yeah, it's nighttime. Okay, let's start winding down. Seeing people recommend no screens for like an hour before bed, that kind of stuff. And make sure that you don't just hang out in bed to watch Netflix on your phone and stuff. Yeah. Because then your, your body doesn't know what you're in bed for. Am I here watching TV with the blue light coming in? Or am I here to go to sleep or what? Sleep. The bed is for a certain number of things, Johnny. <laughs> That's right. And you can cue yourself up to what those are so your body is ready to do whatever those things are when you hit it. It goes, oh, it's time for this or that. And that, so that's part of it. Yeah, I, I don't have a TV. I don't have a TV in my room for that reason. You go in there and go to sleep. Otherwise, I'll mm-hmm. freaking have insomnia all the time. And Emily has a habit of she's like done with the kids by the end of the day. She's like, I'm retreating to my to my little cave, which is her, our bedroom. And she'll get in bed. Poppy, our little dog, curls up with her, and then she pops in the earbuds, and she's watching 
Netflix or Hulu or whatever. That's her chill time at night. But thing is, she doesn't sleep great. I'm like, well, you're watching the screen right up until bed. You've been in bed already for like two hours mm-hmm. watching this stuff, and you're you're just kind of confusing your body. Yeah. And she has mom super hearing, so she hears everything, and she has lamps on the other room, so it's not completely dark in there, and this is just stuff. And just trying to be mindful about how can I, and also it's like they say that late night snack. If you do more protein instead of carbs, because then like you get the sugar rush, and then then with that sugar trough. And oftentimes that'll wake you up, like it messes with your sleep. So it's like bacon before bed. If you want a snack, get something more protein. Oh, yeah. It burns more evenly. It doesn't have the ups and downs. And so it's less likely to mess with your sleep, kind of wake you up. So there's all this research on that stuff, and I'm no expert. But the big point is think about it. Think about how can I get better sleep. There's sort of things we can't control. you got a newborn baby. Sorry. But then w- what can you control? What can you at least make better? <laughs> sleep is something you're not Sorry. going to yeah. get. <laughs> but what can you do to maximize the sleep that you do get to make little changes that can – because, man, I mean, we all do brain work when you're a creative. It's brain work. You need your brain to be as clear as possible. So sleep, hydration. A lot of us are dehydrated and don't even know it. I struggle with drinking enough water. I just don't drink a lot of anything. I'll have coffee and water, and I'm pretty much down to those two things for the most part is all I drink. But staying hydrated enough because that helps with brain fog, headaches, that kind of stuff. I've heard it said that the glass of water you take with your aspirin is usually what heals your headache, not even the aspirin. <laughs> your body's like, thank you. I just need some freaking water. Yeah, when you, I know this. When you feel thirsty, mm-hmm. when that your body triggers that you're thirsty, you're, you're actually already like 20% dehydrated. It, it's a, like not an early warning system. It's a late warning system. It's a... Yeah. So I'm trying to be mindful of that. The more water you drink, the smarter you are. If Seriously, yeah. So, I mean, I bring a big water up here and I have it on the desk. So it's, it's available. It's right there. It's right in front of me. I'm trying to do a habit stacking where if, if I take a sip of coffee, then I have to chase it with water. There you go. Because I want to get to my coffee. Well, how do I cue myself to drink the water, too? Because every time I take a sip of coffee, i got to drink a sip of water, which probably help it, the coffee not stain my teeth so much. But anyway, that's another thing. Um, <laughs> that's just why I chase it with water instead of prefacing it with water exercise get exercise because that that helps your brain work it, it helps with your spirit too i mean just as far as like your mood the endorphins get your body moving it's easy to sit at a desk all day if you're writing or you know playing guitar or whatever it's easy to do that but try to get out and move because that's a that's a mood improver it also just our brains are made to move your brain works better when you move it, it's interesting there are so many people in my neighborhood that are out walking every day because of the COVID thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I never saw more people exercising. <laughs> yeah. Right? Maybe it's because they all went to the gym or something and I wasn't aware of it. Mm-hmm. But some people don't look like they've ever been to a gym right. and they're walking. So that's a good thing. They're just that desperate <laughs> to get out of the house. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is good for you. It's good for your brain. It's it's good for your energy levels. I mean, I was at a good routine for a while, taking the kids to school. And then right after that, I'd go hit the Y for a while. It was just part of my morning routine, and I'd be back at the house by a little after 8 or 8.30 at the latest and grab my coffee, my water, head up, and get after it. And you've already feel like you've accomplished something for the day, so you already have good forward momentum on your day. So those are big things because we need energy for what we do. Yep. I mean, if we're just dragging, we can work for 10 hours. And if you're dragging, you're not going to get as much done as you get done in four hours of good, energized, focused work. And all this stuff helps you focus. It was that Abraham Lincoln quote, like if I had, if you gave me seven hours to chop down a tree, I'd spend six of them sharpening my axe. Yeah. That kind of thing. It's like, so I'm going to get a whole lot done in that hour. And that's kind of what these things are. It's, it's sharpening your, your, your axe and you can get a whole lot more done with a sharp axe in less time 
it'd be a whole lot easier than fighting through. I'm going to stay up all night. I'm going to stay up really late and work on this stuff so I get more stuff done. But you're not nearly as effective in the time that you are. And you need ideas to come to you. <laughs> you know, you can't force all that stuff. I did a Know the Pro event with Jimmy Yeary. So if you're a songwriting pro subscriber, you can check it out in the members area. It's from a little while back now. But he was talking about how it's part of his process. He he runs. He watches what he eats. He All this stuff. He goes, I'm probably going to live longer because of my job as a songwriter. Because I need my brain to be in tip top shape. Yeah, because he's so fanatical about uh, keeping it that way. Yeah, so I got to keep my body in good shape because my brain's part of my body. It's not disconnected. It is all connected. And all these cylinders, talking about running on five cylinders here, are all connected. If my energy, if my health goes, well, then I'm going to get down in my spirit. I'm not going to be as creative because I'm going to have that brain fog. I'm going to be grumpier. My wife and I have talked about, well, like when she gets on the sugar, it affects her moods. Like she could tell. When she's been eating bad, it makes her grouchy. Yeah. <laughs> and when she's grouchy, she wants to eat bad. But when she's bad, it really affects her moods more so than it does me. Noticeably more. We've had conversations like, yeah, oh, I've been three days without sugar and I'm, I'm out of my depression now. Or I was in a funk for a couple of days. I got off sugar for a couple of days and boy, I'm in a much better mood. I'm in a much better place. All this stuff is connected. I'm keeping score on this one from Amazon or something, this big wall calendar, the one I had before I bought at Staples. There wasn't a Staples around the house here, so I ordered one. And it's paid dividends. It was like 20 bucks or whatever. And a couple markers, colored markers. That has been such a good investment for me to keep score, to be mindful of these things that if any one of them falls apart, it affects my whole life. And I'm just running better as a person, as a business person, as a songwriter, as a creative, as a husband, as all that stuff by keeping score. So I just hope you guys will, too. Make sense? Makes sense, dude. I love it. So, again, score. S-C-O-R-E. Spirit, creativity only. Relationships and energy. You take care of those things, they'll take care of you. And one thing also from, and I know we're getting on time here, but that Greg McEwen talked about in Essentialism is that we need space to determine the essential few from the trivial many. So I would recommend that you take some time, invest some time in going, okay, today you know, I'm going to take a walk and just think about what are the important things I need to be investing in? What are those things I need to be doing? Because we can get so busy in our lives that we're so busy working in our business that we don't think on our business. And we forget, we just head down and working, then we figure out, oh, I've been working in the wrong direction. I've been doing things that aren't productive or aren't the best things. So take some time, take a walk, take an afternoon, take a little personal retreat, whatever you have to do, and and think about these things and think, how am I approaching my business? What do I need to change up? Where am I seeing returns? Where do I need to invest? Where am I not seeing returns? And I need to divest, all that stuff. So I would encourage you to take some time because it normally doesn't barge in and hit you. Got to give us a margin to think about this stuff. The other thing is, I'd like to help you score. So if you aren't sure what your score activity should be, or if you're like me and you often process better by like bouncing ideas off someone else, I'm happy to help. I do private songwriter coaching and consulting. And so while usually these, during these, I listen to songs and I give feedback, or we'll do a song title challenge with one of your titles to help you come up with ways to write it. I give feedback. I do Q&A about the music business or publishing or whatever. I'm happy to do all that stuff, but I'm also happy to talk about the bigger picture. Like, how do you live a creative life and balance that with a life that works for you? I'll be Huckleberry. You know, I'll be happy to talk about that stuff. And, you know, all that's confidential. We just keep it between us. But it doesn't have to be all just like I have these songs. I'm not sure what's wrong in the second verse. That's awesome. Love doing that. But if you also just need to talk about, like, how do I build a life here 
that kind of points toward my dreams. Let's talk about that, too. And just like Johnny, I'm offering a 33% discount. So if you go to songwritingpro.com slash coaching, you can see the details. You can get my calendar, and you can book an appointment. And the discount code is COVID19SUCKS. COVID-19, the number one, nine sucks. And so that'll get you 33%. So it saves you 50 bucks on an hour coaching session, saves you some on a song feedback. So it applies to both those things, either an online session or phone session or song feedback email session. And that's at songwritingpro.com slash coaching. I love it, guys. All right, well, that brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, join the Climb community, leave a rating and review. Honest, we hope it's five stars. And tell a friend about it. This podcast exists because we want you to win, y'all. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. And that's the only place we can see you because we can't go out and see you anywhere else. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.